For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, episode 33, and today we're going to be reviewing our game against Burnley, as well as looking ahead to our double header in the Premier League against Newcastle and Arsenal. I am your host Mikey, and joining me as always is my co-host Chris, so let's get this episode on the road. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm your host Mikey, and joining me as always is my co-host Chris. Hello. So... We're gonna we start with news as we seem to do every week. It's transfer window season, and we'll have a quick look at what potential deals have gone through, what are going to go through, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, we've got one completed deal, and that is Conor Gallagher to Swansea on a season-long loan. What are your thoughts on this move? Good move. Yeah, good move. It's always a strange move when someone sort of changes clubs halfway through a loan, but. Swansea are more likely to go and try and get a place in the playoffs rather than Charlton. So I think it's a good move for him. Um, Hopefully he gets more game, well, gets game time and hopefully he plays really well because the start of the season he's been magnificent for Charlton really. So it's a good move for him. Yeah, he's arguably, was arguably their best player at Charlton. And as you said, they're now pushing for promotion. Swansea playing a really good attacking style as well. And it kind of, how they how he fits into that side. I did a bit of mm. looking into it and different EFL podcasts as well touched on mm. this this week. That it's a perfect fit for under Swansea, under Steve Cooper. So it'd be great to see his development. And he could be the next wonder wonder a kid from our academy to break into the first team potentially next season depending on how it goes so well it's you know what I, I, I actually thought that Lampard 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 might actually keep him um to the end of the season this season um but obviously yeah. he hasn't he's gone on loan to Swansea and I think he is a good move very open play Swansea um very sort of attacking He'll have a free roam in that midfield and I, th- I think it'll work out really well for him and he's a player that will only get better. Yeah. Um, next up, rumours. Olivier Giroud to Inter. It looks like it's pretty much done from our end. We're, we're believing that it is done. If that blows back in our faces, it, it might, but we believe it's done. So what do you feel about that? He's going from being on the bench at Chelsea to being at the ben- on the bench at Inter. It's, it's strange in my opinion, but... Yeah, it is strange because it's obviously Euros at the end of the season. He's getting on a bit now, so it is a strange one. But, you know, he's hooking up with Conte. Conte likes a big target man up front, so maybe he could use him and Lukaku up front for Inter Milan. I don't know. £6 million, the rumoured fee. It's a good buy for Inter. I think it would have been nice for us to keep him to the end of the season at least. But, you know... Whatever happens, again, he's been a good servant to Chelsea and fair player to him. Yeah. You know, he's a great player and deserves to play. 100%. It'll be interesting to see if who we bring in on a short-term basis. We're going to bring in someone. Mm. Apparently, Gabriel Barbosa was offered to us and we have flat out politely declined. So that's one out. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. Uh, Another Mm. rumour today, Ross Barkley to West Ham. (laughs) Yeah, reunion with David Moyes. Um, I I don't think that's true. I don't think he'll go, but 
Yeah, who agreed. knows? I, I think we've lost his cheek now, potentially out till towards the end of the season. I think Barkley will definitely, definitely stay at Chelsea now. Yeah, 100%. So, rumours coming into the club, you had Dunk from Brighton. That was a big rumour over the weekend, just gone. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't see much movement in that, but he's a good player, and I know people are going to shoot it down. But remember, if this was Lewis Dunk from the Syria or La Liga, we'd probably be a lot more interested on board. But because it's from, say, Brighton, you think, oh, it's Brighton. But he's a good player. Yeah. No, yeah, he's, he's very, very solid, and he, he's... I think he's a good defender. Like you said, because he's not from Syria or the Bundesliga or, you know, Syria, people seem to not think he's as good. But, you know, I mean, he's a solid enough defender. He'll be even better in a in a better side than Brighton. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, he's English as well, which is always a good thing. And he's got yeah. Premier League experience. What I do think, though, is... If we're looking at Lewis Dunk, why do we not just stick with Gary Cahill and offer him another contract to the start of the season? Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously, he's doing well at Palace and fair play to yeah. him, it's great to see. Get but, him back. Get him back. Yeah. I can see the argument, 100%. Mm. And finally, who I must admit, it's the rumour that he's got to decide between United or Chelsea before the end of this window. We've been here before, everyone. We've been here before with Bakayoko. But this guy, this guy has one of the loveliest names to pronounce. Bubakari Samari. Oh, or Samar. I'm not sure how he pronounced the surname. But what a name. I mean, I don't know anything on him. I don't know whether you can shed a light. I personally don't know much about him. To be honest, I haven't seen much of him, I must admit. So it's it's one of them. I'm... My ass, they go on YouTube, which is all yeah, the bad Yeah, let's get thing. on YouTube. Look at the highlight reel and go... 50 million, done. I'd, I'd buy him for 50 million just purely on his name, to be honest. Oh, it's such a nice name. It really is. So, other than transfer, we'll, we'll, we might sign a player before the end of the window. I mean, we are only halfway through it. So, let's, yeah. let's not get too knee jerk with our uh, hopes and expectations. I think the summer, the rumor is that, well, the talk is that there's a statement signing, which always is in the summer, but apparently. Yeah. The board want a statement signing, be it Werner, Sancho, be very, I think it'd be a healthy summer for Chelsea. Oh yeah, definitely. Sure. I totally agree. I totally agree. So in regards to that, we're now going into our game review against Burnley. Now they're a team in the bottom half of the table and it was easily our best performance in a long time against a team situated in that bottom half. So we had three standout stars from the match. Ross Barkley, Hudson Adoy, and Rhys James. Which one to you was our man of the match, though? I think for me personally, it was Rhys James. But I think putting Barkley into uh, to our team at the weekend was a stroke of genius by Lampard because no one would have seen it come in. But it worked so well. It's just Barkley's good at picking up pockets of spaces in between the defence and midfield of an opposition. And it just worked. He really did work. And, and, you know, fair play to Barkley. He took his chance. He played really well. But Reese James, his delivery just seems to get better and better and better each time I watch him play. <clears throat> he got an assist. Yeah. And he, he, just, what? He, he almost scored a really good goal as well. I mean, he just looks so comfortable when he looks so class on the ball. He's going to be something else when he, you know, next season and the season after. He'll be the, one of the best fullbacks in the world, I'm, I'm sure of it. 
Yeah, 100% agreed. I mean, for me, I, I was chuffed just to see both Hudson-Odoi and James start again on that right-hand side. And yeah, they have yeah. such great link-up play. And mm. they showed this, obviously, in the FA Cup and again over the weekend against Burnley. You know, I can see this being our duo for the right side for, like, many years to come. I really, yeah, really can. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hudson-Odoi think... played really well. I mean... It... I mean, credit to uh, credit to Jim. He played really well. It's his best performance in a long time, and their yeah. up is is really really good, and it, that will only get better. Yeah, I, I would say that. I think Cho he, he finally got some confidence back in his game since his return from injury. He looked brilliant, and especially more so in this game and his recent games. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's that coming back from injury. It's you've got to give him the time and fair play. And he's got a goal as well in the Premier League, which is will do him the absolute world of good. And you know, it it'll kick on from that now. And I'm sure he'll get a couple more goals, you know, in yeah, games as well. And it, and again, he's just he's going to progress now, and he'll get that confidence back, and he'll get that pace back, and that end product, and he'll be the show that we thought he was going to get last season. Yeah, 100%. Now, Ross Barkley, you know, he gets his fair share of stick, but, you know, his forward runs in that game were great. You know, he was very confident with his passing. His productivity was top-notch. It was a standout performance for me. And, you know, I'm not used to expecting it from Ross in previous games, but he really, really put in a shift. No, I totally agree, to be fair. I mean, like I said, he he picked up the pockets of space in between the defence and the midfield really well. His decision-making, which isn't always the best, was really good. Made a good cut, uh, goal on clearance. Again, a vital, vital part of the game. And yet, it was a good performance from him. And, you know, there's been questions about his attitude recently and whether Lampard likes him and that. But, you know, he, he took his chance and he needed to. So, you know, fair play to him. Fair play to Lampard for, for gambling and putting him in the squad. Yeah, I mean, there were some negatives, unfortunately, for me that stood out. I mean, now, before I go into what I thought kind of stood out negatively, do you have any issues to bring up about how we played against Burnley? Um, I think the first half, we were a bit slow. I thought it was a bit predictable at times, but we got into the game once we got the first goal and the second goal. <clears throat> we kicked on, but again, I think we could have got more than three goals. It should have been five four or five I reckon to be honest yeah I mean that is what I've got down here you know not being clinical is it's why we have lost a few games this season and where the other team were right defensively and the few chances created they just weren't scored Mm. Um, yeah I think I think Chelsea just maybe they tried too hard to get the ball as close and central to like the goalkeeper in the obviously when we're attacking as possible and you know we aren't good at taking shots from maybe different angles and positions. I don't know if that's a bit too in-depth. Or... No, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's one of them where we try and almost, it's the old cliche of passing it into the net and it's, we've got the players, we've got the talent to, you know, get a shot off on, you know, look at William, the goal he scored yeah. against Tottenham. That angle, ridiculous angle, really. <clears throat> Mount, great shot on him. Barkley, great shot on him. I mean, you know, it's not like we haven't got the players to do it. It's just, it almost seems as if, okay, we'll just get the ball on or get into the box and we'll pass it backwards. It's like we're trying to walk into the net where we need to be ruthless. We need to be absolutely just 100% ruthless, kill the game off, get the three points as early as possible 
because when you do that, you know, the confidence is sky high then, and then you won't sort of get complacent, you won't be panicking. And, you know, when you start to panic and get complacent, that's when, you know, you start to lose games against Bournemouth, West Ham, and all, all this. So, you know, we do need to kill the game off a lot quicker. Yeah, 100%. You know, furthermore, our defence against Burnley, it wasn't great either. I mean, we got a clean sheet, but, you know, I think any good, better team would have probably taken the few chances that were created. And To be honest, I was surprised to put Christensen in. I mean, Christensen, not the most physical of defenders, so I'm surprised you put him in against Burnley. But to be fair to me, he did play quite well, I must admit, so can't argue. Yeah, exactly. I mean... We were lucky, but I think our shortcomings were masked by luck and, yeah, lacklustre performance on Burnley's part, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I, I haven't I haven't seen much improvement, really, in that defensive side, which is quite a worry because we've got some big games, which we'll go on to later coming up. And yeah, of course, yeah. They could easily get us punished. So over that game week, Spurs and Leicester obviously lost their respective games. How do you feel the race for the top four is currently playing out? I think it's. Um, I think Leicester are slowly starting to fade. I really do think they're going to start to fade now. I'm not saying they won't get top four, but I think they're just slowly losing confidence in themselves and the squad. The lack of their well, squad starting to show. Tottenham yeah, as well. Mourinho, I don't think it's just. It's a square peg in a round hole. I think with Mourinho at Tottenham, I don't see him taking them forward. Um, to be honest, especially this season, I definitely don't think that. So, I mean, I think at the minute we're looking comfortable in fourth, but we've got some tough games coming up, so that that could all change. Yeah. I mean, as you said, I mean, Leicester have actually, in the last five games, they've got two wins and three defeats. Obviously, depending on the opposition, you give them credit with um, with Liverpool, etc. But, the point is, like you said, they haven't. Vardy hasn't been scoring since he's come back. Madison hasn't really been creating much from what I've seen. Uh, I'm not. I'm starting to think, yeah, they're going to start to maybe fall back. I, they could be top six, but I don't think they. They, I mean, they're on 45 points. We're on 39. Then it's United on 34. So there's a big, big gap between fifth and third. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Both of those sides have decent fixtures coming up. So if they're to drop further points, it'd be quite surprising considering it. But this season, anyone seems to be able to surprise anyone. And that's like every season. But it could be a huge mental turning point for Chelsea to finally win back-to-back league games. Because obviously yeah, totally. we, we've, done, we've done that. And it, it feels like for, forever, really. Yeah. It, it truly yeah. does. And it was a top performance against a tough opponent. <laughs> You know, yeah. I might have said that we got lucky, but it was a good performance, and that was an opponent that we struggled against because of we've we've gone on before. They sit back and they do that low block tactic, and we were able to break it down and get three three decent goals. You know, going forward, if we move away from the top four aspect, second, I, I want to see Hudson Odoi and Reece James start every game that they can. You yeah. know. I yeah, feel that they are our future and they are going to be exceptional talents. And we've already talked up the duo much this season and our youth players, but our youth players have truly, truly stepped up this season. And them too, you know, there's been multiple talk on Reese James that he could be the best of 
the right backs in England, which is incredible considering we've obviously got Trent Alexander-Arnold, Wan-Bissaka, but, you know, Reese James could easily get to that level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're quite lucky because England have got a lot of really good right backs. Kyle Walker, Alexander-Arnold is probably the best fullback in world football right now. Wan-Bissaka, brilliant defensively, can't knock him defensively. And then you've got Reese James, who's this up-and-coming right back, slowly getting into the Chelsea team, nailing down that place. And he's got the power of Kyle Walker, he's got the attacking ability of Alexander-Arnold, and he's got the defensive ability of Wan-Bissaka. So it is a hybrid of all three of them, and he truly could be one of the best fullbacks in world football in the next couple of years. Yeah. 100%. I could not agree anymore. So we'll look at our game against Newcastle coming up. You know, we're heading we're heading to Newcastle to take on, well, Newcastle in our <laughs> 23rd game of this league campaign. Now, we always seem to struggle when taking this team on. They're like a bogey side for us, you know. However, our previous matchup against them, we won 1-0 thanks to Marcus Alonso. Newcastle are currently having a squad devastated by injuries. Now, with that in mind, how do you feel this game could play out? I think they'll be very defensive. I think they'll probably play three at the back with their wing-backs getting quite high up the pitch. Um, so, again, this may be another game where Ross Barkley could play and just get into those pockets of space. Him and Mal interchanging and just sort of roaming. It might might be sort of a good time to play those two. Um, set pieces I know I say this every week but again they will be dangerous from set pieces because I think Shah you know Dummy and all these players Yedlin they always seem to score for Newcastle no one else (laughs) it always seems to be them I mean their defenders are probably their highest goal scorers this season so we have to be organised from set pieces have to be physical I don't know if he'll play Christensen again but we have to be physical with them and I think if Jorginho plays, he has to control that midfield and get on the ball. Because they will drop off, but we have to pick that killer pass and we have to play forward and we have to play quickly. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Newcastle, they've performed quite poorly in recent games. You know, multiple league defeats on the bounce. You've got that draw against Rochdale in the FA Cup as well. Obviously, they've come, won the replay. But you know, they had to play a pretty strong team for that because of the fact that they've been devastated by injuries. Mm. You know, if you ignore our history against them, which is something to worry about, it always is. You know, I'm quite confident we can get a result against them at St. James's Park. You know, they can't score goals against Premier League teams. They might be able to do it against Rochdale, but, you know, they don't have that standout forward anymore who can produce the goals. They don't have that Denver Bar, the Pape Cisse, etc., so I don't feel as concerned, really, going into the game. No, I totally agree. I mean, Joel Linson hasn't really set the world alight. Almiron only just started to score goals. And St. Maximin hasn't really... And he, he's a tricky player, don't get me wrong. But again, he isn't getting the goals or assists. So going forward, they aren't the strongest. But I feel, like I said, from set pieces, they will be a threat. And that's where we have to be careful. Yeah, 100%. Another player on my mind, Martin Dubravka. He was the man of the match against Wolves and a keeper. Now, on his day, he's one of the best in the league, in my honest opinion. Other than him, is there any other particular players you're worried about facing that could cause us some trouble? Almiron is tricky. 
He is he's just he work, He's such a hard worker. I know he hasn't got goals or assists, but he he is a tricky, tricky player, and he's horrible to defend against. Same Maxman is the same. He's just so tricky. Um, other than that, Yedlin, pacey fullback, will get forward. I mean, you got Shaw, who's a threat. Fernandez, who's a threat. So I mean. They haven't got anyone that really stands out, but they're always an awkward side to play, and especially at St James's Park with the car to be right up for it. It's going to be a tough, tough game for us. Yeah, it's it, that's what I've got down here. I've got Almiron because of how tricky he can be, and yeah. you know, it, it, uh, if anything's going to happen, it always seems to be a goalkeeper becomes prime Neuer when they play us. Yeah. It's at St. James's Park as well. You know how you all, it's always more difficult when you go away, but we've been quite good away from home. So that's kind of, shouldn't be mm. as much of a worry as potentially it would be in previous seasons. So it could be a pretty surprising, pretty surprising result, really. Uh, yeah. How do you see, how do you see it going prediction wise? Are you, you feeling confident? <laughs> I am feeling relatively confident. I'm going to go for 2-0. And I don't normally go for a clean sheet. What about yourself? Yeah, 2-0 seems fair, especially with their injury concerns. And obviously, they've had to play a full, fairly full-strength side in midweek. So, yeah. Obviously, it's a double double header. We've got... It's a quick turnaround. We've got a few days off playing Newcastle. We're back at home at the bridge to take on Arsenal. Now, this is an Arsenal side that will be without Aubameyang due to his red card against Palace. So, no Aubameyang, no problem? Oh, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) We need a win. We need a big win at Stamford Bridge against a big team. So, I feel against Man United, we were poor in the Carabao Cup. And against Liverpool, what... I thought we were quite poor in that first hour at home. So we need a big win against a big side at Stamford Bridge. Aubameyang is a big miss for him. So, you know, without him, it's always a good time to play Arsenal. Yeah. They've got Lacazette. They've got Lacazette. They've got some, they've got Martinelli, who I think is going to be a brilliant, brilliant player for them. They've got other good players as well. And Arteta's got them playing well. So it'll be a tough game without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, obviously, to see that Aubameyang is not going to be in the lineup, you know, he's their top scorer with 16 this season. And then you drop down to Martinelli at eight. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously Lacazette on six. So you can see where the goals come from. Yeah. Totally, so yeah. for me, I, I'm a lot more confident. Their threat has been removed, obviously, for his own actions. But, you know, it's, it's it brings me on to... Has the Mikel Arteta manager bounce already come to an end? Because we've not seen in recent games. Arsenal, it's just so difficult really with Arsenal because they've been impressive, but then at times they've been a bit meh. They've been, they've not been as good as... They've been impressive, but they haven't really got the results to show it. So it's as if they haven't really gone anywhere, if that makes sense. Yeah, Um, I mean... It was against Palace that made me think, okay. And Aubameyang was the one that got the goal for them again. But they yeah. didn't, you know, that that second half, Palace really did kick on. And 
potentially they could have won it. If I know it sounds a bit controversial to say, but they could have easily no, nicked no. three points from there. I think with Arsenal, just they just need a massive, massive rebuild. I think the players, some of the players they've got, are just. I mean, their defense is really poor. It's so, so poor. And, and their midfield again is it's quite lightweight, quite ill-disciplined, especially with Jacker in the team. So. Yeah, I'm, I don't think it's necessarily Arteta's fault. I just think he hasn't got the players to sort of implement his style of play yet. Yeah, I mean, the problem is they look quite poor defensively in that game. And of course, they are always a threat with the firepower up front because they do still have Pepe and Lacazette. Yeah. How they'll work without Aubameyang will be interesting. It's going to be a difficult game, that's for yeah. sure. But it's at home. And, you know, I like to think that we've turned a corner with the home performances and we did well. We might have snatched a victory at the Emirates a couple of game weeks ago, but there is no reason why we can't take it to Arsenal and get another three points, especially at home because it's Arsenal and it's, it's a London derby and we've just got to show Lampard's got to step up and show us that we can win these big games. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. hundred percent agree there. So, final point on this game. Are Arsenal a threat to the top four under Arteta this season or are they just way too far behind at this stage? At this stage, you'd have to say that they are just too far behind. I don't see them getting back into it, I must admit. I mean, Leicester have been brilliant this season. I know that I've said they're starting to fade, but I, I think they've finished above Arsenal quite easily. I think Man United will, I think Tottenham will. And to be honest, I think Wolves will finish above Arsenal this season. I just think, like I said, they need a real rebuild. Arteta needs his players to play his style of play. And at the minute, they haven't got that. So I, I just think top four this season is, is too far out of reach for them. Yeah, I mean, for me, they're 11 points behind at the time of recording. Now, of course, you can always close that gap over time. Spurs especially have shown us how quickly a couple of results on the bounce have closed that gap within the top four. Obviously, they've kind of dropped back a little bit, but still, how they're performing currently, Arsenal, you know, you're never quite sure if their defence again is going to let them down. You know, they do have David Luiz there after all. We know we know so unfortunately well how incredibly and how a lapse of concentration can turn the game from him. I'm, I'm more concerned about Sheffield United being a threat. I know that sounds crazy, but it's inc- it's incredible for them and surprising to think about considering that they are a newly promoted side, how well they've done under Chris Wilder. No, I totally agree. I mean, they are such a hard team to play against and Chris Wilder doesn't get the credit that he deserves, to be honest. I mean, he's he's got to be up there for me for manager of the year already. I mean, he's done such a good job for them. Um, and they play really good football. I mean, their formation and the tactics they play is quite revolutionary, really. I mean, it is just tremendous. So I, I can't argue, really, that Sheffield United won't finish above Arsenal. So, you know, I agree well, with you, really. Yeah, it's t- the top 10. You've got, obviously, this is, this is where it gets interesting. Arsenal, Everton and Southampton. Yeah, Southampton are all level on 28 points. Now, that's, that's insane considering where Southampton were. I mean... Yeah, it really is, yeah. You know, Arsenal are closer to the bottom three than the top four. Seven points separate them and Villa. 
versus, obviously, let me do a quick count, uh, 11, of course, I've said it earlier, 11 with us and them. It, it's insane. And then, obviously, above Arsenal, you've got Palace, Tottenham, Wolves, Sheffield United, and then, you obviously, you get United, us, Leicester, City and Liverpool. So, it's certainly, obviously, Liverpool, we know, they've got their title. It's going to be a shock if they don't now. Mm. You know, it's just a matter of who's going to fill that top six. Is it going to be Wolves? Is it going to be Tottenham? Arsenal are going to make a late, late run. It's just going to be, I don't think, I think it's too far gone for Arsenal to get into the top four. I think top six would be, it's doable. Of course, top six is doable, but it's, it's still going to be a tough ask for them. Yeah, totally. But I think they may just sneak into top six, but I think top four is, is a bridge too far for them, to be honest. Yeah. So how how do you feel this is going to play out? Any po- predictions, any positive uh, score oh, no. lines and clean sheets? Well, I think two, well, three clean sheets in a row is a bit too far for Chelsea at the minute. So I'll go 2-1. Yeah. I'll go 2-1. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree that I feel that the fact they don't have Lacazette, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big, big problem for them because of the goals. And I feel that at home, I feel we're going to just edge it. So hopefully yeah. we'll get six points from these next two games when we return next week and talk to you all about it, listeners. I'm also hoping we actually have a signing to talk about. That'd be nice. That would be you nice. Would we've, be nice. We've, we've signed one youth player for our academy, but we, we want a first-team signing. There's talk of Chilwell as well, because Leicester are looking at Luke Shaw, so that'd be interesting. If, I don't think yeah, that'd be January. Of course, but... they're talking about Chilwell, because now they're starting to not play well, Leicester, and Chilwell's slowly getting out of form of course we're linked with him now yeah exactly but for me for me this is just my opinion I I mentioned it to you briefly if Chelsea want some firepower and want maybe a plan B to come off the bench and another goal scoring threat why don't we go for Danny Ings I know a lot of people (laughs) are like oh no not Danny Ings but he's potentially the most informed striker in the league at the minute and he wouldn't be that expensive. Yes, it'd be a quick fix, but he would be better a better option than Batchaway, I think. So why not go for Danny Ings? Yeah. Uh, well, I think on that note, I think that might be a good time before we we'll just could be we'll end it. I think it, it, it could be. It could be. I mean, he's going to probably get an England squad, so fair play to him for that. No, but fair, yeah, just sign some random Brazilian who no one knows, and, and he'll be a flop, and then. We'll be moaning again. Yeah, unfortunately so. I, I feel with that that uh, bombshell, we'll <laughs> conclude another episode of At The Bridge Pod. So this is myself, Mikey and Chris signing off. We will return next week where we will talk all things Chelsea. So until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at At The Bridge Pod. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, 